Kitch. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> Oak, Oakley's saying hello, too. Aaron, you're hello. back. <laughs> you oh, Jesus. Shut my dog up. Oakley? Um, it might be the whole pod. This could be it. This could be the whole thing. Um, all right, listen. I'm angry. Uh, I'm angrier than I was last week for a lot of reasons. And uh, we should probably uh, kick it off there with why am I angry? Uh, I'm angry because I can't believe what I watched last night. I really cannot believe what I watched last night against the Memphis Grizzlies. Without a doubt, for me, the most frustrating game I've watched uh, this season. I know I was out last time in the Boston. Let's not revisit that because context doesn't exist in Aaron's world or TikTok's world. Uh, so, but let's just go with this. Am I right or am I wrong that last night was a disastrous effort slash performance? You're right. And, but, but I think at the same time, and we can talk about this, this team is not, is no longer focused on winning. So, so it was, it was disappointing. It was disappointing for Emmanuel quickly. It was disappointing for Scotty Barnes in the first half. But if you want to look at it positive, you can say that. Scotty Barnes looked really good in the second half. RJ Barrett has continued to look better than anyone expected. But but overall, a lot of this team, like if, if you're playing Jaron Jackson and the Memphis Hustle, their G League affiliate, and, and fallen behind by 19 points, you got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even they didn't they didn't they didn't have their good gunners playing last night. We were seven and a half point favorites going into that game. Like we should not be favored by seven and a half to any team in the NBA. Seven and a half point and and I tell you. You're seeing the when when they have a center coming to play the Raptors, they are licking their chops. Without Pirtle in, we can't guard the big on the other team. And uh, and it's so, funny they're without their starting center, right? Stephen Adams has been out for the year. Yeah, yeah, been out for two years. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that backup to Stephen Adams to really carry us like a Jackson through that. So you give up a twenty point, you give you give up a twenty plus point score in a trade. It's hard to replace that. It is hard to replace that. So. We probably well, are where we thought we were, but it's just painful to watch. Okay, so what is our record? What are we, 44 games in now? Is that it? 16 and 28? Is that what we are? I think they're 11 games below 500. So 16 and 27? That's good math by me. Um, are you telling me that I have 39? 16 39 and 28. Games. Oh, see, I was right. Yeah, 12 games below. Well, it's 12. Uh, are you telling me that I have 38 games left? Of us sitting there going, hey, the upside is Scotty Barnes had a good second half. That it was, it looked okay at, for spurts. This is what we're talking about. This is what this is the upside. Yes. We're well, guess what? TikTok Nation is going to hate me. Even if it's possible to hate me more than they already do, uh, this will do it because we're already too way too negative. That's our comment on everything is that we're way too negative. But I'm telling you right now. I will not have a positive thing to say if all we are looking for is Scotty Barnes played well for four minutes in the second half last night. That was the, that was the upside. That was the takeaway. But, from but what 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 are you then? What are you looking for? Well, I, I'm I'm not necessarily looking for anything. I was just surprised to hear that that's what was the upside. Was that Scotty Barnes had a good second half? If, I'm telling you, that is like tank. You are trying to get the top pick in the draft kind of talk, right? Which we don't even that's, have. That, we don't, but that's what we don't they're have doing. That option. Yeah, we don't have that option. We can't get the top pick. We know that. Um, but it also flies in the face of everything that was said uh, at the press conference, which we'll get to in a second. But one of the questions uh, was asked to Masai is like, what are the expectations of this team? We are trying to win, right? I, I know you can't come out and say, well, we're trying to lose. But you don't have to come out and say we're trying to win. You can nuance that response into like, hey, we're going to play a lot of guys. We're going to see what everyone has. Like, you know, But right away, it was we are trying to win. That lineup suggests uh, we're trying to win uh, with the way the minutes were distributed and that sort of thing. I know that Grady's playing a little bit more now, and you're going to see what he's doing. But uh, I'm telling you, uh, this is these are dark days ahead, Kitch. The Raptors told you to be patient. Seems like you're, you've already run out of patience. These are dark days ahead, Kitch. <laughs> they are. They, they are dark days ahead. Uh, you know what? Right now, right now, we are tied for sixth worst in the league. We are tied for that sixth worst league, which is where we hit this draft pick. So, you know, why don't we why don't we keep this draft pick? I know the draft is supposed to suck. And, yeah. And we got all these picks for these guys supposed to suck. But maybe we can package that. Maybe we can package 
two or three or, first round picks for a future first round pick or something. Like maybe we could get every pick in this draft. How about that? <laughs> Let's just keep doing that. Let's get all three team. We'll build build a whole new team. <laughs> Let's get all the draft team of the worst draft in the last twenty years. Let's see if we get every single pick. See what happens. <laughs> well, listen, Aaron. To to your question, what am I expecting? What are you expecting? I mean, you were at the well, press conference. You heard they're saying like. So do you just automatically assume that nothing's at face value anymore when these guys talk? Because maybe that's the way to do it, right? So yeah, yes, that is the way to do it, right? Don't they're not with the exception of Masai Ujiri using the Tampa tank a few years ago. He's not going to say the T word and he's not going to say we're not trying to win anymore. Uh, they're going to sugarcoat everything. But we sat here at the start of the season and were frustrated with this team because they didn't pick a direction. Say the worst thing you could do in the NBA is not have a direction. So either go for it or don't go for it, but pick a direction. Well, over the past month, they picked a direction and we can't sit here and rip them for picking a direction. So uh, they weren't going to be able to go in the other direction. Like this team was nowhere near good enough to try and contend for like a legitimate playoff spot. Like even if you put Damian Lillard on this team, they're not good enough. And you would have given up all the future first round picks for Damian Lillard. So this team plus Damian Lillard still was not, or that team a few weeks ago was not going to be good enough uh, to really contend for a championship. So they picked a direction. They told us it's going to be three, four, five, six years uh, of patience. And you might not like that, but at least they picked a direction. And now you got to deal with some pain for the next little bit. And the rest of this season is going to be full of losses. And the hope is that you see those three guys, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Scotty Barnes, and maybe Grady Dick, take a step forward. But other than those four guys, I don't know who's going to be here on February 9th. So the, yeah, so think, the goal is to seeing, seeing progress from those guys. Yeah, but I, okay. That's fine. But let's go back to last night's game against Memphis, right? We didn't see any of that, right? We saw a team come out super flat, low energy. Uh, I would say a team that looked frustrated. I would say a team that, for the most part, really didn't give a shit. Like you can almost go, you can almost go down the line of players. It was hard. Other than, I mean, listen, I'll give Schroeder as much as I have issues with the way he, uh, he runs the team. I mean, that guy don't ever question his effort. But everyone else last night, you could, you could, there were there were spots in that game where you could sit there and go, wow, that guy doesn't look like he's running back hard. It doesn't look like there's a lot of effort there. I mean, our turnover, we, and we weren't ready to play. And I'm, listen, I'm not going to, we don't have to make this a referendum on Darko, but that team did not come out ready to play. Um, you know, the turnovers were were horrific. So I'm just sitting there going, okay, well, that's fine. If we're looking to see growth, but we can still expect competitiveness. We can still expect the team to, to try their ass off. I mean, if this is a bunch of young guys trying to earn their keep, uh, then I would expect maximum effort. Like, Hitch, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm off base here. Like, I think, what we saw last night is not a team that's rebuilding with uh, trying to find the young guns with a bunch of that looked like a team who I don't want to say quit, but that looked like a team that was disinterested. Yeah. And, and uh, I think I, I agree with you, Aaron, but I think, I think the players are getting mixed signals. Like I think when you get Masai Amen. stepping up and, and saying, you know what, this team's built to win. We're going to win right now. And so now the players who are winning are like, Christ, I'm a dejected. He's this he's built this team to win. Besides better to say, we built this team for the future. And we gotta try out the young guys. We gotta help 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 build this this mold for the future and and not set false expectations for these players, which are probably getting discouraged because man, our GM thinks this is the team that's gonna win. Our GM doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. This is none of these guys are good enough to win. So I yeah, feel I, I, I think you're getting caught up in maybe that term we're, we're trying to win because he couldn't say anything else. If you listen to the whole press conference, and I know you guys did, he talked a lot about patience. He talked a lot about we're here to develop. It's Scotty Barnes's team. Is it going to work? I don't know. He mentioned that. Like, And then you know we'll, we'll talk about Grady Dick's minutes because I asked Darko about that. Bruce Brown is probably one of the top five players on this team right now, top five or six players on this team. Championship teams want to add a guy because he'll be a difference maker in the playoffs. He didn't play in the fourth quarter last night. And with three minutes to go in a 12-point game against a very not good uh, Memphis Grizzlies team, the game wasn't really over. But they subbed in Grady Dick. And in doing so, they told everyone that we're not trying to win this game. We want to see what Grady Dick, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Scotty Barnes look like together. So don't get caught up in Masai Ujiri saying we're trying to win because he can't really say anyone else. Look at the actions and look at the big picture. And the truth is this team isn't trying to win. They're trying to develop. And it's going to be rocky. And you're right, Dave. Like, 
there were times where Scotty Barnes wasn't getting back on defense. He was, he was frustrated with a call and wasn't, and and the hustle wasn't there at times or he was taking bad shots. And and you're right to say, you know, that's not good enough from Scotty Barnes, but he's 22 years old and there's going to be ups and downs. And that's part of the development process and the maturity from these young guys. I think you got to set them up properly and then say, Hey, Scotty, like, I don't think they're, I'm not convinced they're giving him the proper mindset going into the games. Like you gotta, you gotta be the guy that helps facilitate these young guys. Going to make these young guys better. We lead by example. We don't need you to win. Okay. We don't need you to win the game, but let's build. So it'll be better for you in the future when this core gets better. Well, yeah, listen, it's all about accountability now. I mean, we can say the, the front office can say it. The media can say it. Uh, you know, the fans can say that this is Scotty's team. Well, he has to take that on, right? He has to, he has to take that on. And I don't know that I've seen that yet. And obviously it's, it's early days for that. I, I get it. But you, I, I guess I'm a little bit surprised by, by, you know, how he's reacted to this. I know he said that he came out after the OG trade saying he was upset, disappointed, right? He's talked very highly about Siakam. So obviously he's lost a couple of guys. I think that he was generally close with or looked up to that sort of thing. So that I'll give me adjustment period, but there are trends uh, around Scotty that I, I do not like. Uh, last night would have been a great, like it'd be a highlight reel of uh, excerpts that you could pull from that of just the way he got back. I mean, he's taken on Siakam's new screaming every time he goes to the basket uh, looking for a foul. Like he's got that going for him now. His, his hands, his hands extended out like uh, towards the referees seems to be a constant. So yeah, there's some concerns there. But then I look at too, like this is a young team now. Right. Uh, and again, I don't want this to be a referendum on Darko and Darko style is very different, but I don't know. It's going to be the right one. I mean, I loved what Finch did last night from Minnesota. Right. I mean, his team blows a 30 point lead to Charlotte after cat puts up 62 and he absolutely ripped them. Right, it's a young team. It wasn't good enough, not acceptable. Obviously, they have different aspirations, but I mean, I think there's going to be there needs to be a certain amount of that with this team where we just have to hold them accountable. Listen, we get it, right? I could care less. I'll be happy to be a season ticket holder and go watch them lose by twenty, but they got to give a shit. And Scotty Barnes has got to take the next uh, leadership role here too. And I'm just wondering how. And Kitch, to your point, how is the organization holding him accountable? Uh, to that, you know, are they, are they making it clear? What are the expectations? So a lot of these things we don't know yet, but I think that is, that is huge for us. Right. So it's a bit of a ramble, but I, I mean, that's kind of where that to me, that's the only thing I get like, look, we're going to lose to the Memphis of the world. I get it. We're going to lose to the San Antonio's of the world from time to time now, because that's who we are, but it's gotta be, it can't like from the jump, we were done, you know, and we let, uh, Jaron Jack, he did whatever he wanted out there. Did whatever he wanted. And uh, ironically, we are tied for six last with Memphis. <laughs> so we just we just won the tiebreaker. We just won the tiebreaker from the draft. <laughs> no, but but I'll say to, to Dave's point, you're right. Again, keep going. saying that like you know, Scotty's body language needs to be better, and he needs to be more of a leader on this team. He's 22 years old, and I think he'll he'll grow and develop into those things. And I do think you could have Darko after the game being more forceful and saying like, yeah, Scotty Barnes' body language does need to be better. But I also think uh, that's just maybe not Darko's style and and for yeah. better or for worse. And you yeah. guys are a different generation from me. And in some ways, Scotty oh, is a different Jesus. generation. No, 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 but, no, but, old but, listen, no old guy shit. No, that's bullshit. No listen, old guy shit. Listen, Masai Ujiri said that this, he acknowledged this generation is different. And a coach like Nick, who is a bit of a tough ass, uh, was not the right coach for maybe this new generation and whether it's the right approach or the wrong approach i think they hired somebody who was maybe not going to blast his players publicly we don't know what's going on behind the scenes whether darko is going about in the right way they chose darko because they they wanted this softer hand with this team right i can't imagine first a couple things i can't imagine behind the scenes darko's any different than what we see like you've even pointed that out he's a pretty genuine dude like i think what what you see is what you get so I, i don't think there's any i think it's it's very much prop him up uh, but this whole, our generation bullshit, this is the second time in a week. Now I've been hit with this, uh, today was almost equally as disappointing, not quite as disappointing when I was in the gym the other day where the trainer pointed out to the entire class, there was a thing about like doing, you had to, you had to do the equivalent of half your age is the number of reps you had to do. And she looks over me, she goes, sorry, Dave. I'm like, what? I look around because that's because I was the oldest guy in the gym by a, and I was like, nice way to point that out to me. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I'm 50. I looked around. I'm like, oh my God, everyone here is in their thirties. 
That was actually a little freaky. Uh, but I, that's an aside. Uh, Bart, Bart, can I jump in here a sec? Sure. I think we need we need to add a new uh, segment to this uh, to this pod, and we're going to title it the hypocritical Aaron section. Right. Ooh, hippo! <laughs> yeah. Wow. So so when we brought up body language with Siakam, it was like I don't no. judge body language, but and now all of a sudden body language comes into it with 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 Barnes. Yeah. Jesus, what what, what is yeah, going on? I agree. You're a little bit all over the map. That's true. We can't. You know what? <laughs> Play, you know what? Play the tape. That's what we should say. This is called play the tape segment. Throw the red flag. Let's <laughs> let's review it. <laughs> play the tape. Now listen, that's fine, Aaron. That's what happens when you get older. You start to do shit. You start talking both sides of your mouth. Don't worry about it. You're you're you'll be one of us real soon. Don't worry. Um, all right. Let's uh I, I think we've got it. Let's move on. Uh I want to talk about the press conference. Uh and then we'll get to Siakam's uh highlights uh and talk with it about Siakam being gone for a second. But the press conference. Which I did listen to, watch in its entirety. Uh, Aaron, you were there. You obviously brought Masai to a tear. Uh, for those of you who uh, maybe did see it out there, it was Aaron's question that uh, busted the tough guy, the tough guy Masai. But let's just be clear about what that, that press conference turned into. That turned into a Masai manipulation um, of, of the facts, of his persona, and it turned into an all about Maasai. Like, this is all hindsight. I didn't see it in the moment. Like after I, I, I digested it, I watched a couple of excerpts over and over. Like that's exactly what he did. He, he manipulated that whole situation to have empathy coming his way around, like how difficult this has been on him, which, you know, whatever, I guess like good on him for being able to do that uh, to a certain extent, but disappointing that, I guess, Aaron, that the room, I don't want to say let him get away with it because that's that's probably too harsh but uh but that's what it turned into and i think if you were to you know peel back that layer uh, of the onion that he was presenting i mean really what it was is a uh he didn't get he did not get raked over the coals for the current state of this team based on his decision making over the last 3 to 4 years because that's really what's happened here right he has he has let the team uh, we're in this we listen we are in this situation solely because of him. And I would think you would find if you were to pull 30 other GMs or 29 other GMs right now, and they, and you said, which out of the team of the non-playoff teams, which situation do you want to be in? I don't think we'd be high in too many people's lists. Right. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I agree because, because I look at other teams and they don't necessarily have a Scotty Barnes. You're certainly toward the bottom, but uh, having a guy like Scotty Barnes is certainly a game changer that, that, that other teams are looking for. As for Masai's press conference, I thought the emotion was telling. And obviously, he's, I think that's genuine. And I think that that comes off to fans as something that's appreciative. Um, but I think at the same time, when you look at the mistakes made over the past, let's say, year to two years, it's probably in large part because of that emotion. Uh, and I was thinking about this the other day. You know, the Raptors maybe should look into hiring Bill Belichick, uh, who, as we know, is a, a free agent coach right now, because Belichick was so great as a general manager for so long because he was willing to get rid of a guy a year too early than he, as opposed to a year too late. Right. Ideally, you get rid of the guy at the perfect time. Yeah. But with Masai, I think Masai would rather get rid of a guy a year too late than a year too early. And I think that's how the Raptors put themselves in this position, because that emotion that we saw come through when I asked him about Pascal Siakam, that emotion he talked about, how he was walking around a, a hotel in Kenya for two hours before he could sum up the courage to trade DeMar DeRozan. Like, he tried to say, I'm a cold mother effer. I, I'm willing to do what it takes. But I think at the same time, that emotion, that connection he has to his guys, the guys he drafted and developed, right? He traded for Yakapurtle again because he loved that dude. The emotion yeah. he has with those guys has, I think, clouded his judgment. He had too much faith in this team. When everyone else could see that this team wasn't good enough, he believed that his guys were better than the record was and they weren't. And by not moving them at last year's trade deadline or before that, uh, he put this team in, in a really tough spot. All right, Kitch, I'm, I'm going to throw it to you, uh, but I want to come. I want to come back to that, Aaron. But Kitch, your your thoughts on on the press conference and and the the emotion so, when you have when you have a really big ego, it is awfully awfully hard to am, admit when you are wrong, and that's that's in business as everything. When you, when you got an ego that is that is so high of yourself, 
it's hard to admit when you're wrong. And he, he plays them. Okay, you got too emotionally attached. Maybe you got too emotionally attached. But you, when you are a GM, you cannot let yourself get emotionally attached. Right. That makes you a terrible GM. You right. have to treat these as pawns on a chessboard and they come and go. And it was glaring. It was glaring to everybody, the fan base. It was glaring to everybody that stuff needed to be done the off season. And the fact that he did nothing the off season and he brought Pirtle in and thought Pirtle would be the game changer for this team that would that would give them a fighting chance was a glaringly obvious mistake that everybody called out. Like so for him not to see that, his ego got in the way of reality and it's now come back to bite him. And this cry session, I don't totally buy it. I think it's an easy out for him. Hundred percent. Um, so I, I'm not hundred percent sold on this. I'm I'm I feel I had to, it was really tough to do. No, that's your job as a GM. That's your don't 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 cry over what you have to do for your job. I don't cry over having to do having to do stock trades throughout the day. I don't cry at that stuff. So. But but I but I don't want like I think that was genuine. And I don't want to say that was crocodile tears. I just think that that what you saw in that moment was probably what has held this team back lately was because, again, it was so hard to trade those guys. Like you don't think of Daryl. I, I can't imagine Daryl Morey was was crying when he's traded away uh, James Harden or traded away no, Ben no Simmons one. or whatever. Or I can't imagine like Sam Preston wouldn't cry if she was trading him away. <laughs> I, I can't imagine like Sam Presti was sitting around crying when he traded away, you know, Paul George or whatever, um, or, or whatever the situation is. So I think that that emotion was real and was raw. And I think in some ways, yeah, or but maybe Aaron, a lot of ways that that's been the problem for this organization Aaron, for a few years. Listen, I have, uh, it's, by the I'm, way, it's on and out. I, I'm a, I'm a mixed emotion of having the leader of your team up there in a press conference uh, breaking down in, into tears mid-season over a trade, over over doing his job, as Kitch said, right? He's doing his job. Now, what I would also suggest, what we've just been saying here without saying it, right? It's incompetence, right? It's incompetence. You cannot run a billion dollar, there's 30 teams in the world, right? You're one of the best 30 people in the world. You cannot, what the, the, the uh, story or the rationale that he put forth in that press conference is not acceptable. Like that's something you lose your job over or that you should lose your job over because it's, it's pure incompetence that he let personal emotions. Cause that's what he's saying, right? I let my feelings get in the way of everything else. And therefore I've now put the organization in a, in a far less desirable position uh, than they could have been, should have been what, whatever that may be. Like that's, that just, that's incompetence. Like that would not, I'm telling you right now, if his subordinates were doing that, he wouldn't have them around. Right. If they said, Hey, Messiah, you know what? Yeah. I hired this guy cause he was my friend and the fuck, I'm really sorry. He stole from, uh, from the organization, but he was my, like, boom, gone. Right. And I, I really, really struggle with him getting a free pass for just saying, Hey, yeah, I love these guys. Uh, so I've really screwed up the last two or three years and everyone should just forgive me for that. And, and because I really want what's best for the city, like that whole, like, I care deeply about the city. I, you know what? And I take, I took real issue with that whole, it took me two hours walking around a hotel in Kenya to tell it, you know what? Why wasn't that at the press conference after there was zero hint of him having a hard time getting rid of DeMar DeRozan. Go back and watch that press conference. There were, it was thank you, Damar, but there was zero hint of it. Like this, this is all revisionist history now. For it, it seems very convenient that all of a sudden he's this huge emotional teddy bear every time he's got to get rid of one of these guys or make these decisions because that's just not what it's been before. And now, like, and I just think that's, that's why I come back to it. He just got off way, way, way too easy on this, and he continues to. And I'd say the other thing, the last thing I'd say about this, clearly, the only thing he's got around him from a checks and balances standpoint. Are people who say yes to him? There's no one going, hey, is Bobby Webster saying, Messiah, listen, I get it, but we can't let Fred go for nothing, right? Is he sitting there going, hey, we got to get rid of Pascal? Like, clearly, there's not somebody in his ear that he trusts or values that's giving him a sort of a, a tough love conversation around some of these things because that's what you need. You need good people around you to make good decisions. Not, uh, you can't put it all on him. I get that. But clearly, that whole organization is a bunch of people going, yeah, Messiah, like, Whatever you want to do, dude. And I, I just think he's weakened this organization. We are not in a good position. You know, Aaron, he didn't mention three, four, five years. You you said that. Like, I don't think he would ever say those words because I think he, he did. Uh, he did. 
I don't think he said three, four, five years of this being. Yeah, a, he said a other rebuild. other organizations are given five to six years, and can we have right. patience? We're going to need patience right. on this rebuild. Yeah, but he didn't. I know, but that's what he was saying. But he's always in the past, right? He's always said too, we're not other organizations. We're here to win. We want to win now. Like he said all those things, and now all of a sudden, so the whole like we need patience now. That was a little disingenuous too, because all of a sudden, like now it's convenient. Like now his plan didn't work, right? So now we need patience. So I have a bunch of issues with it, and I just think there's a. I actually think there might be a bigger issue at play here with this guy running amok with absolutely no checks or balances or really no reporting to anyone who's going to say, Masai, you know, this is not good enough. Right. I'd love to know know if that conversation has taken place. No, no. I I think some, some self-evaluation requires, as I sort of said jokingly, but like bringing in somebody like Bill Belichick, who's going to say, okay, Masai, right? Like I, I don't actually think the Raptors should hire Bill Belichick, but they need somebody, whether it's Bobby Webster or someone else who's going to say, okay, like I appreciate that you really love the guy you drafted. You really love Pascal Siakam, or you really love, as you mentioned, you really love Fred Van Vliet, but but we got to get rid of him now. So, so I think this hopefully has been a learning experience for Masai Ujiri uh, to say that he needs to maybe disassociate himself with his players. And I understand that's tough and we can appreciate that's tough, uh, but that's kind of what the job requires. And if you are going to let your emotions cloud your judgment, then maybe this isn't the job for you. And, and I don't think that Masai Ujiri should be fired right now. Maybe you guys feel differently, uh, but I certainly think that that, he put he put this team in a tough spot because of his affection for his players. And while I think that affection can be really good, it can get by and it can help with development, knowing that, you know, your president, your general manager really appreciates you. I do think that sometimes there's a price to pay. And I think the Raptors have paid that price. Kitch, you think there's a problem that's bigger than this, that he that Messiah has no one no one's holding Messiah accountable. Is that the ultimate problem here? It is. It is. And it's, we're the only organization in the NBA that has it. So we've got the board at the top, and there's nobody between the board and Masai. And every other organization has a person in there who makes the GM accountable. And we, we lost it. We, the person who was there, I can't remember his name, but is gone, and they never replaced him. And they did the same thing with the Leafs. They never replaced a guy in there. So both of those organizations don't have anybody for the GMs to answer to. They just hired Keith Pelly. He's the new CEO of MLSE this month. Yeah. So is that does he does he that that does that have to answer? But I think Mas- I think Masai Masai will, they hired a golf guy, and we'll we'll ultimately I, I guess answer to him and answer to Larry Tannenbaum. And like I guess I'll ask you, are you guys like would you fire Masai Ujiri today? So fire? No, I I wouldn't because I don't think now right because he, you you can't fire a guy after he's done this right now. It's like okay, well I guess we have to give you an opportunity to make to see if. You, know, you may have been two years too late, but we'll give you an opportunity to see if, if what you're playing now actually is, is something that we can we can work with or does or it works out. So that I don't think that would be the issue, but I do think that I mean, he should be on notice, and I don't even think he is on notice, right? Like so, it should be like, hey, this better work, this better work, and I don't think there's that in play. So would I fire him? No, but I'm telling you, a year from now, I, I think that I think if if it's not gotten better, there's not a clear you know, or if the moves that he makes from now until a year from now, do not, you know, get us redirected in the right way. And again, I'm not talking about wins and losses. I'm just talking about, you know, good drafts, good free agent signings, good retention of players. Like if, if we don't see some of those things, yeah, then he's got to be on notice. That's fair. Would, That's fair. I would fire him now. And I would fire him now oh. for the, because, because in the last year and a half, I've been looking over him. So this is the problem. I've been looking, <laughs> if I was, if I was a CEO, in the last year, I was looking well, over you and for I a year and a half. Year, I said last year this team's not right. We have to do something about it, and you refused to do anything in the season. You refused refused to do anything off season other than bring in Pirtle. So that was your decision you made, and that has gone horrifically wrong for you. And uh, now you're at a point where so I would fire him now because I've been on him for a year and a half. Let's fix this, and you haven't done a good job fixing this. I mean, listen. Certainly, there's enough. There's a body of evidence uh, that would certainly allow you to walk into HR and say, listen, we got to let this guy go, right? Yep. There is. Uh, whether or not you've given the proper warnings and notices uh, in that time uh, is probably uh, up for debate. But yeah, I, I agree. Like I wouldn't, if he got fired tomorrow because they'd had enough, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, wouldn't it? I can't believe they did that. I mean, they'd be like, Shit, listen, we we went the wrong direction for two, maybe three years now. Right. And there are egregious mistakes, egregious mistakes. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, listen, I guess uh, time will tell on that one. It'll be an interesting development. But I, I, Aaron, I, I think you're probably uh, 
I think your your thinking is probably the uh, what's going to ultimately happen. I don't think there's any chance he's fired anytime soon, and it's probably he probably has does have two to three years before they decide to to do anything. Um, so we'll see, but it needs to get better, and this team needs to be held accountable because we just like I said, we can be a twenty one team for the next couple of years, but it's got to be because we're going in the right direction. We got to be trying. We got to try. Yeah, yeah. Got to have effort. Yep. You guys don't want to be here. Um, all right, listen. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, let's pivot to something more fun. Yeah, our guy and catch you. you uh, it's you mentioned it previously, right? You uh, you take twenty five points, seven rebounds, five assists out of the lineup, and guess what? Bruce Brown uh, does not replace that. And no, you know, and since he's been gone, I mean, listen, we've certainly had our fair share of being difficult on Pascal on this pod, uh, but upon reflection, he is exactly a you don't know what you had till it's gone uh situation and when you really do look back at it, other than maybe a few lapses like a few and few might be too too uh too tough a stretch the bubble wasn't good uh, a couple of rocky moments in in tampa uh but other than that pretty rock solid individual numbers don't lie uh played a ton right very few injuries uh you know his teammates seem to love him uh, and so I think that's genuine. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is, uh, happy trails to, um, to Pascal. Uh, and he, I think he will be missed. Uh, hopefully we do it right, uh, on his, uh, comeback game in a month or so, but yeah. Valentine's I mean, we, day. We, when is it? Valentine's day. Oh, about mm-hmm. bir- more important. It's not Valentine's day. That's my birthday. It's not Valentine's day. <laughs> it's just Dave's birthday. Yeah. Trust um, me. And, uh, yeah, so I think it's one of those things. And so we were going to sort of, uh, try and highlight a few of his, uh, you know, top moments as a Raptor, you know, but surprisingly I did my little bit of research here, like it is a body of work standout for him. It's not like, oh shit, he had these seven or eight defining games or moments where you just go, holy shit. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, but it's a body of work, but there were, there were three or four. So Aaron, I don't know if you want to, uh, start us off here or have a, a little soliloquy of your own around Pascal, but, uh, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. I think anytime people think about Pascal Siakam, as you mentioned, Dave, it's it's the body of work. And this organization, and we just, you know, ripped Messiah Jury for the last little bit, but but two of the greatest development stories in NBA history are two guys that this organization has had lately, one of them being Pascal Siakam and the other one being Fred Van Vliet. And we'll talk about Pascal Siakam. He essentially got better every single year. Uh, a most improved player. And to think that they found this guy as a high energy guy who in the late first round pick, he, he probably won't be anything, maybe just a, a role player. And to think that he went on to be a crucial player on a championship team and got better from that. Uh, that's a story that you can only hope to replicate. And uh, we talked about it last podcast, the emergency podcast. He's one of the greatest players in Raptors history. So the body of work, the fact that he got better essentially every single year, I think that's what I'm going to remember uh, when I think about Pascal Siakam uh, years from now. Kitch, yeah, we know I you remember. Love we know you I love him. I remember we going back to the early days of Pascal. I remember he came on as a rookie. We thought this kid's got potential, and then for two years he was dreadful. He 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 couldn't make anything, and he he threw up prayers. And we're like, oh my god! And we carved him. We wanted him sold. We wanted to get rid of him. And then all of a sudden, one off season. He just figured his game out and he came back and like Aaron said, one most improved player of the year and rightly deserved and, and made us eat crow. And uh, yeah, he's a, it's a, it's a body wow. of work and I'm hoping that we can find another Pascal Siakam in a current roster of some guy who isn't that great right now, but can gel in the next couple of years and become the most improved player. Well, in the I'll NBA. tell you what, that, that player is not obvious at the moment. No, it's not. But neither is Jakob. Jakob wasn't obvious. obvious at the moment. He wasn't obvious. Uh, at the no, moment. true. That's that true. That, yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's unlikely. But wasn't he drafted in the exact same spot as Malachi? They're both 27. Something like that. I think oh, Malachi, Malachi was, was 29. Oh, no, no, Malachi, Malachi, no, no, Malachi, no, Malachi. No, Grady Dick was, was 13. Yeah, Malachi oh, Grady was Dick not. Grady Dick was 13. Fucking, he was not a lottery pick. Sweet Jesus. He's one of the worst drafts the, ever. He's a lottery the moments, pick. The moments that I will think about are... I think there there was a period when people questioned Pascal Siakam's clutchness. Yeah, uh, he scored 
the dagger in game six, right? That yep. team was loaded with talent. Kawhi Leonard was on that team. They gave the ball to Pascal Siakam with 30 seconds left in that game. He went at Draymond Green, who was one of the best defenders in the league at the time and scored. So I think that if there's a moment that people are going to think about, that's probably number one. You think about 32 points uh, in game one of that NBA finals. Don't about that uh, one, yeah. You know, he was the top player in that game, again, on a team with Kawhi Leonard. You think about, uh, I think that earlier that season, he had a game winner. His first game winner, Kawhi Leonard, was out for that game. He went lefty against the Suns and won, hit the game winner right at the buzzer. And that's the only time he's gone left ever. <laughs> this is a positive moment for Pat oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah. You think about 52 points. I think it was right after Halloween, 52 points in the garden uh, or in Madison Square Gardens, I should say, uh, just days after wearing the 50 cent outfit to uh, to uh, the Halloween party. And then again, I think about that whole 2020 season, the run it back year. They lose Kawhi Leonard. Uh, this team is going to take a step back. And all of a sudden, this this kid who is the most improved player is like... <sighs> Could he be an MVP? And obviously, you know, COVID and, and the pandemic lockdown changed everything. But he was in a conversation of all NBA. Like, is this guy going to be as good as Kawhi Leonard? Uh, that season he, was a ton of the, fun. hundred uh, percent. That is that's one of the that's maybe the biggest what ifs in Raptors history, actually, that season if, with COVID. I mean, they were third. Uh, when it was shut down, like, and I think there were maybe a game out of the top seed, maybe two games out of the top seed in the East, and they were third overall in the league. Uh, and Pascal was absolutely that was his team. There was no questions about it. He was a different. I think he was. I think his confidence was in a different space then. Uh, and so that we weren't having those questions about you know can he close? Can he feel like it was totally different? Like he was. Yeah, I mean. I don't think he was in the MVP conversation, but he probably should have been because he was having an incredible year and we were the third best team in the league after losing Kawhi. Like, I mean, no, no brainer. I mean, nurse wins uh, coach of the year. Uh, you know, so yeah, it, like it really was pretty, pretty awesome there for a while. So you do forget about those sort of things, but to your point about his, his shot in the, the finals with 30 seconds left, I mean, put him up three. So it wasn't like it locked down, but still, uh, but it's totally forgotten about. Like people don't, you don't think of that when you think when the Raptors won, uh, like how big that was, but it was like, I went back and watched it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that now. Um, but yeah, it was huge. And so good on him. Uh, and yeah, he, I think, uh, as it turns out, he's going to be sorely missed probably for, uh, for years to come. We may have to change this to, uh, take it away, Pascal at the end. Well, I'll ask Kitch cause Kitch wasn't here. Kitch, where would you have him in, in your uh, hierarchy of greatest Raptors of all time? On the spot. Oh. On the spot. Uh, definitely top five. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we said that, yeah. Top five. Yeah, that's I would pro- I'd probably go, uh, yeah, I'd have, to think, I'd have to think. I'd have to go back and think, but definitely top five. Not, not, definitely not one or two. Well, who do you, okay, probably but who four. do you have one? Do you go Kawhi one or do you go Lowry one? I go Kawhi one. Yeah, I go Kawhi one too, right? So then yeah, Lowry's yeah. probably two, but after that, yeah. like, I think, I think he's got an argument for three. Whoa, Demar. What about Demar? He's he's fuck the look body work like Pascal won a championship and it's all NBA. Like much as I hate to say this, Carter, like fuck that turncoat. <laughs> no way. It's top five hundred. There's a turncoat. There's a turncoat. Yeah. I agree. It's you know what? That bullshit the other night when he's back for TNT and he gets the standing ovation. He wait like it is gross. It is gross. It is. Like, and I just wish Grant Hill would have been like, it didn't you quit on these guys? Oh yeah. That would have been awesome. Did they do that, that when you quit on? Awesome. Probably, yeah. probably bad for your career, but it would have been awesome. Yes, it would have been great. Um, yeah, he's, right, he's top five. I, so I'd, I'd say three, probably four. I'd yeah, probably three, four, four for sure. Yeah, Kip, yeah, it's not five. It's definitely not five. It's he's top three or four for sure. Um, oh Jesus. Uh, okay, so uh, I think that's it. If we're done. We're gonna go to what drives AOB, and uh, let's get out of here because I got a call in ten minutes. So um, I have a work call Tuesday, Kitch. Tuesday. I know, I know you have a uh, call. No wonder we're running late. Okay. Um, Aaron, what drives? Do you have anything? Nothing right now. Uh, I'm, I'm at peace with the way that this Raptors team is going wow. right now. It, oh, it, it's frustrating, but I uh, I can accept that they've picked a direction and then the next little might, while might be a, a little bit uh, require patience. Bart, did you send out the agenda? You set the agenda, didn't you, Bart? For the, for I, the- did. I did. I did. Yeah. All right. This kind of just point. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Look at you, happy. Body. He's too happy. Yeah. Mix he stuff up. Mix something up. Yeah. You're a, you're a, jur- team. You're a journalist. You can mix stuff up. Mix stuff up. Actually, I'm not sure I have one. Here, let, right, I got one. I got Go one. Ahead, it, just came, Go it just came about. It just oh, came about. Her. Drives me crazy is p- certain people value your time much less than they value their own time. So that, so that, 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 like, we get, we, we get this pod, this pod gets changed at different times throughout the day because stuff comes up and we rearrange our schedules for the individuals, some certain individual who really values his time. And then we wait for this person to show up for the, for, for the pod and be, and he, and he comes ill prepared technology. So I just tell you, I tell you, no, like, first of all, I was not ill prepared, did nothing different than I've done every other week setting up for this fucking oh, thing. I, I didn't say it was you. It was just my turn. It was you. If we go back, wasn't me. Back, <laughs> last week it was you. Last week it was Aaron. I, I don't. I don't care. It was like the showing up at one twenty-five to get the technology worked for the one fifteen pod. Come on. No, it was one eighteen. It's one eighteen. One twenty-one. One twenty-one. Uh, I was making my tea. Oh, making my tea. We it's cold. Out here today. It's cold. Look, I've, I'm du- I'm double layered. It's cold. I was outside. I want to make sure to warm cup of tea. All right, like Jack. All right. Let's, like Jack. let's just not. Let's just. Let's just. Not, let's just. Get, let's. I'll move past this. Do you have another one? Is that your one? You want? Is that I don't. One? I don't. I don't have another one. That's, That's it. it. So what do you have? I had another one, but I, I can't do two because I get in trouble for doing two. So yeah, you, you do get in trouble. Um, you know, Kitch, I meant I meant to bring this one up uh, a while ago, and um, I want to see if you have the same issue when you're at these games on your own. I, I've noticed it more when I'm on my own, but like or with Johnny or somebody else. But when we're at the games. And the, the the beer sales sales are cut off way too early. Yeah, but you know what drives me bananas? And I love Patricia. She's our she's our server for our section. I love her. She knows us. Oh, uh, exactly. Where you going? <laughs> settling the bills? Have you done settling the bills? Oh no, no. Oh, so she'll come and like the the seven people around us, and she'll settle each bill individually. As the game's going on, and it's like right in your line of sight to watch, and you're just like, can we not do this during a timeout? Or like, I don't know where, but you can't be, you cannot be settling, because the settling the bill process in that section is a complete disaster. The credit cards, moving around, hand the thing back and forth 10 times, punch your code in. Like, she's there for two and a half minutes. And yeah. you, like, you literally are fighting it. To, to see around it. I almost said something to her and I thought, no, there's no point in saying anything to her. She's doing the best she can. It's not really even necessarily her fault, but bend down, do something, but you yeah. just can't be settling bills in the middle of a basketball game. So yeah. I, I agree. And I, I thought you were going to say the servers, the service oh, order with her and the servers, they're new every week. They don't know any, they don't know any of the sections. They the seats. No they're wandering, they're wandering yeah. around with their tray, trying to find out where the section is and they're back and forth and back and forth. You're like, you know what we need? We never, need like auction paddles. Person. Just to be like, yeah, two hot dogs. Yeah, right here. Yeah, that's, I got that's two hot, hot dogs. Dog. I should dog. give you a paddle. You just paddle give, up. <laughs> yeah, you order it. Here's your pizza. Yeah, pizza right here. Yeah, right here, kid. Right here. See you next week. Oh, no, you won't be here next week. Yeah, oh, you won't be right. here next week. Yeah. That's shocking. Yeah. Right. The turnover at uh, at the, those with those servers. Yeah, that's that's massive. Other Security guards, they turn over once every, I don't know, 74 years. Yeah. yeah but everything they, else. Yeah. Everything Vic, else. Vic, like every, Vic, every seven days. Vic, Vic had to pass away. Vic finally passed away. Yeah, Remember Vic in front of us? I mean, Scotty's been there forever. Yeah. yeah right? I mean, yeah, you can't shake those guys. No. Uh, all right. Listen, let's uh, let's AOB. Aaron, do you have any? You should have AOB this week. Yeah. I got a couple of things. Okay. Time, eh? right. Number right, one is Joel and B looked pretty good last night. Seven. <laughs> pretty solid. And Carl yeah, you know Anthony I think, had like you, 44 in the first half. Can I tell you, uh, I think he's stat chasing. I really do believe that. I know last night was a tighter game, but that whole like trying to get 30 and 10 for as many games in a row as he could, that sort of stuff. And he's staying in game. I, they are, I'm just telling you, they're playing with fire. He's not known to be Mr. Healthy. No, he wear, he's yeah. not in the playoffs. He gets worn yeah. out in the playoffs. They're playing with fire, Nick. Nick likes to play his guys. Careful, Nick's, not known, Nick's not known to rest guys. Yeah, so that's, not, that's a bad recipe for those yeah. two. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right, Aaron. Thank and, you. Wait, and then the other thing you might have heard, Kyle Lowry was traded. And uh, I I don't think, let me say, I know he's not coming to Toronto. He was traded from Miami to the Charlotte Hornets. It sounds like the Charlotte Hornets are going to make another trade. If they can't uh, by the trade deadline, they'll buy him out. Um, But but happy trails to uh, Kyle Lowry as a member of the Miami Heat. He fell out of the starting lineup uh, and then they traded him. 
I imagine he probably latches on maybe uh, in in uh, Philly with Nick Nurse as a, as a bench uh, point guard. Maybe he goes to L.A. who could use a point guard. Uh, he will be a valuable sort of probably a bench contributor for someone. I don't think yeah. it'll be in Toronto. I think he does sign a one-day contract. He made that clear that he wants to retire a Raptor. Uh, but but happy trails to his time in Miami. You know what? I don't. The only thing uh, Kyle's not falling out of these days is his jersey because that thing's pretty tight these days. That kid, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. That, listen, the game he played in Toronto a week and a half ago, whatever it was, was not good. I've actually watched the stats a little bit recently. Like it's terrible. Like he's not been playing well. So yeah, out of the starting lineup, not happy. Uh, but I would. I actually think uh, there's a reasonable chance he actually ends up in Toronto uh, after he gets bought out. I do. I, I don't think anyone's gonna. I don't think anyone's gonna want him. Oh, I, I think, think I think some team will give him. I, th- I think if if you are the Clippers or somebody, and you give him you give him the league minimum to be there for the playoff run. Like some as a backup yeah, guy, what to sit on the bench? Well, yeah, and to be a, to be a he he wants to be a coach. I think he really wants to be. So I think you said you're gonna you're gonna help coach these guys through the playoffs. Oh. You've, you've got playoff experience, and uh, you might play a little bit as as a backup guy. I think he'd relish in that. I think he'd say, well, "Yeah, I'll tell you what." Up. Someone better warn the referees if Kyle Lowry ever becomes a coach. <laughs> and this seems like oil, oil and water. That one. See if I'm not giving calls. Not go so well. Uh, okay, yeah, I saw that. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I would not. But listen, I wouldn't. Didn't shock me if he ends up with, and then retires at the end of the season because that's probably what he should do. I know he said he doesn't want to, but it's probably what he should do. Yeah, I could see him still. I could see him still retiring. I could see him still retiring at the end of the season, but I can see yeah. him. Going to a team that's that's got a chance to win it this year for the remainder of this season. Come back to Toronto, you know, go rent out his old house. He's not no. going to Toronto. No, he's not going to Toronto. All right, catch any uh, AOB? I got two as well. Oh. One being, I got some Bills fans. I, you know what? I'm sorry for you guys. Like, you know, if you're going to miss that field goal, hit it, hit it into the hands, pull it left. Just don't miss it right. Don't 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 Norwide that that kick and bring back all the memories. And I was talking to Jack after the game, and I said, Jack, thoughts go to you. And he's like, he's like, oh my god, the fans were crushed. He goes, people were just devastated and crushed coming out of that stadium. Did, did you listen to the game last night? Like he actually, I think for a moment was actually kind of pissed at Maddie. Oh, he was. I saw that. Yeah, he I was like kind of like, like I think that he realized they called off the dogs a little bit. But like at one yeah. point, I think he's like, you know what, Matt, fuck off. Oh, right. what, Jack, Jack's, Jack's fuck off is that's not right. Yes. Matt, that's not right. You yes, said yes. that's not right. Well, Jack said that's not right. That's Jack Matt's saying. Like, uh, you know, I love you. And Jack's like, yeah, I don't care if you love me. It doesn't really matter. Really that's matter. not right. Yeah, it's not right. I don't give a shit. I got enough people who love me. Uh, the second yeah, one, Bart, is a tip for you. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Can I just say, um, Buffalo Bills coaching staff, you fucking morons. They ran that last series terrified they were terrified about leaving cl- uh, time on the clock right they weren't a aggra- that should have been you know what we're going to score as quickly as possible right we're going to take the lead and then we're going to see what, what happens right can the defense will no, or they're going to score quickly and maybe they'll leave us with 30 seconds and then we'll kick a field goal like it was just like you know what you can't when you're losing you can never be thinking i don't want to leave time on the clock you gotta be thinking i need to score i need to score i need to score and alan was terrible that guy's wide open in the end zone he short arms it like he, he's got to make that yeah. throw, and then he missed digs on the same play, right? So that was that was brutal. That's the difference between him and Mahomes. But yeah, it sucks because uh, I had Buffalo to win the whole thing, which would have been nice. Ooh. But Ooh. wow, yeah. So, anyway. All right, Kitch, uh, what are you, you get to? My second one is just a tip for you, Bart. I'm going to give you a heads up here. Stop gambling. So our our no, our hotel we of choice we usually stay at in Toronto because we get the reduced rate as the art as the Ritz. Yeah, right? and don't don't so get the rate out. The Ritz has uh, changed. Uh-oh. In the rooms, from plastic water bottles to glass water bottles. I saw that. I've been so there. Now you get glass in there, right? I, I like that. That's great. So I'll give you one tip. don't take them home with you and leave them in the front seat of your car. Because <laughs> I, I took mine back, put them in the front passenger side seat, drove home. Two of them, two of them drink. I didn't drink them on the way home. I get the next day, and my f- seat is now completely crusty because these glasses, have, the glass is shattered. shattered. The water oh. has leaked into the seat. So the f- seat's frozen and there's particles, particles of glass everywhere. So just a heads up there. You know, don't, if your hotel chain yes. listening, don't, don't feel the need to switch to glass. There's more downside well, in glass. It's called the environment. It, it's called the environment. Um, I, I, but, I guess I get it. I, but here's the, but what are you doing taking those with you? I was thirsty for the ride home. I was thirsty. Left the room. Yeah, I, was still, I, don't I, like still parched. I don't like those are hotel my, my, models only. 
my what drives you is people who complain about basic fares on airlines and then complain about the water bottles at the Ritz Carlton. Oh. <laughs> hey, wait a bit. You talking about me? <laughs> Uh, yeah, come on. Just leave those in the hotel. Drink them in the hotel. Drink them before you go. Don't take it. Don't take them with you. Well, I will do that next no. time for sure. I've learned yeah, my lesson. Well, yeah, not in the winter. That's right. Take that in the spring only. Spring and summer yeah. months only. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I, I think I'm, AOB, do we have anything going, do I have anything going on that anyone needs to know about? Who, who, who wins the Super Bowl? Who's your Super Bowl pick? Four left. Well, doing? I thought we, you know, I did think we'd do a little Super Bowl preview next week. Uh, sure. so we, we can, uh, so let's maybe save that one. Um, I must admit, like, every, it, I'm amazed by the number of people who don't think the Lions have a shot this weekend. And I think the Lions, have, especially if Debo doesn't play, look out for the Lions. Just telling you that right now. I what still, a year. I think they're a year for Michigan football. Ravens. Ravens are the best. I think the Ravens are the best. I think they got a bit of a wake-up game. And uh, I, think they, I think they run the slate. You might be right. You might be right. All right, listen, boys. It's time oh, Aaron. for Aaron. Get to say Aaron. What's he, who do you who do you pick? Oh, well, I have to, I have to go. I'll take the Ravens. Ravens. All right. How do I? How do I? Now, this is. I can't cheer for the Ravens. I hate the Ravens. And I'm different. You know what? Taylor Swift has done it. She's turned my daughter into a football fan. So she and always wants to know when the Chiefs are playing. So that's right. It's work. Go Chiefs. Go Best Chiefs. Thing for the NFL. Best yeah, thing for the NFL. Totally, totally. Well, which is the whole conspiracy thing about how they're not going to let them lose. They want Taylor in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Oh, sure. crazy. oh my god that'd be awesome it's crazy in vegas oh my god yeah yeah be nuts <laughs> all right all right uh boys listen thank you well done uh we'll be back next week and uh we'll have a full super bowl preview coming up all right take it away pascal i i, I mean Kawhi. take it away Kawhi. no or pascal Kawhi up top looks at the clock turns the corner for the win <laughs> Hang 